Welcome to the 1% Club. If you guys want access to all my MMA plays and tell exactly what I'm doing, make sure you join the Discord by clicking the link in the description below. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the 1% Podcast. I got my man Shay back here. Uh, we're going to do our weekly, our weekly show. A couple things. Uh, one, we're going to start moving to a unit-based system on the show. So from, from the picks that we give you guys on the show, we're going to start tracking those as well. We already do that in Discord. We're going to start doing it on the show as well. Um, I know we just started uh, – I know Podge went back and just started doing it a little bit. I know on the Discord we're, we're up like 20 units on the year. So, but Podge, with the show, when we, since we started the show, what, do we, what units are we up right now? So we've done seven betting shows. Seven betting shows with Shay and I? Yes. Yes. And from the seven shows, Kraus, you're on a profit of 3.2 units. Let's go. And uh, Shay is on a profit of about 15.7. Man, that's some bullshit because he gives picks on every... That's it. All right. <laughs> I mean, what are you counting as a unit? I haven't been giving I haven't been uh, giving my plays on a unit basis. You're just counting every single play as a flat one unit? So basically, the way that I've gone back and calculated, so each play that either Shea or Kraus has suggested as a play has been counted as one unit. And we're going to, just so you guys know, we're going to start being much more definitive on like our picks as well. I know it's, it's, we've kind of emphasized and, and, and stuff like that. We're going to be much more decisive. Anyway, we don't need to belabor this uh, a ton. Uh, let's, get into, let's get into last week's recap. Kind of a tough card. Gerald Mearshart and Bruno Silva. I mean, I would be interested to see who the most, like, winningest underdog in UFC history is. But I don't know the answer to that. But I got to think that uh, I got to think that Gerald Mearshart's got he's got to be on that list. Right. Uh, Koshera versus Lipsky. You called Koshera by knockout. I was beauty on your end, man. Really, really good insight. Osmont versus Clark. We really like Osmont a lot. He looked great in that fight, I thought. And then uh, Yasmin versus Ismin. Man, these two girls regardless of the we, we we were on the right side right Yasmin looked incredible she's amazing but I think the most important thing to take away from this is both of these girls have an extremely extremely bright future uh in this sport and in the UFC they both look incredible Ismin is 20 years old right Yasmin looked awesome and she looked like she could be a future title contender in my opinion and Brandon Moreno told me that I think I've said that on the show last week Brandon Moreno told me she's going to be a future champion. After watching last week's performance, I got to believe that that's a high possibility. And then the co-main event, I know you wanted to talk about a little bit of this. Uh, my guy Onama took an L uh, against Nate Landwehr. Just, I mean, this is a classic, you know, young kid. He got outsmarted by the vet and uh, hurt him early in round one. Couldn't get him out of there. Used a lot of uh, energy to do so. It was extremely inefficient. But I think more importantly, from a betting perspective, the line that we got David at was minus 190. It moved to minus 360. So that was 150 points that we got, you know, that we that we beat the line on. So anytime that you can get 150 points, you're beating the closing odds, especially by 150 points. You're going to guarantee yourself profit over time. Yeah, I mean, listen, James, if we wanted, we could make we could turn a guaranteed profit on around 75 to 80 percent of our fights. When the line is moving that much where you can cash out on the other side, we can do that all day. The only reason why we don't is because if the other side is not a plus EV position, why should we get down there? I, I primarily, I hedge off one of two in one of two scenarios. Scenario number one is when I know this line is going to steam a hell of a lot. So I overbet my position in order 
and then in order to just get some free value and then I'll decrease my position by hedging out and guaranteeing myself a profit. Or option two is when the line has moved so much where I feel like there's actually value on the other side. In this scenario, I did not, I hedged off around half of my position um, and that was good enough. Like we, we really, we play that one well. If we keep doing that consistently, there's just no way to lose money. I mean, anyone that's somewhat of a sharp gambler that's familiar with how this works, if you're beating closing lines like that, you will turn a profit. Let's go to the main event. The, the, the most important fight I've been waiting all week. Cheeto Vera, thank you very much, my man. Let's go. Hustled. Let's go, Cheeto. I got You got buddy hustled on this one. Listen, I don't know what you saw. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. You 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 were you were you were right. We were both right. I mean, I I, I figured Dom would have success with the with the footwork. Um, I think I think people underestimated Cheeto's takedown defense though. Uh, but I did I did see you know we talked about this in the breakdown last week. The one I did by myself. I said the three likely scenarios are going to be Cheeto cruises to a, a decision with some drama along the way. The drama that I was referring to would be he drops him a couple times. The second scenario would be Dom. Uh, Footworks his way to a decision, and then the third scenario would be Cheeto stops him late, and that's exactly what happened. There was some drama along the way. It looked just like the last two or three fights of Cheeto. He looked amazing. I think he cemented himself as a legitimate bantamweight title contender. Your I mean, thoughts? listen, I, you know, I, I don't feel like I was wrong at all in this fight. I mean, I guaranteed you two things were going to happen. Dom would have the better volume, the better output, and he would be tougher to hit. At the time, now. I told you, Dom is either cruising to decision or Cheeto is knocking him out. At the time of the stoppage, Dom was around a minus 160 live favorite. He was outlanding Cheeto about two to one. Plus, he mixed in the grappling a little bit. In my opinion, there was no way he was going to lose a decision. And I did feel that if Cheeto caught him clean, Cheeto would put him away. Now, he did drop him in the first couple of rounds with like a jab or something. Like, he, that wasn't his biggest shot. If Cheeto really connects with him, he was going to, he was going to, put him out and even when he dropped in the first couple of rounds every single judge gave it to dom the volume discrepancy was just too large i feel like we were on the right side i figured the hedge was cheeto via ko you figured hey just slam cheeto straight up maybe hedge with the dom decision i feel like we both had it right and the fight pretty much went the way we thought dom winning the rounds cheeto finding the big shot I mean, that was a beautiful kick you know he timed that you know he you know dom did that dipped off to the side and cheeto I had that left kick waiting for him. But listen, we have fights coming up this week, and I know that you and I have a disagreement on a fight that I'm willing to put that 10 stacks on again. So let's go into uh, this week's card. We are going to break down the in card in its entirety. Paul Jimmy Fair, scroll down, please. Thank you, sir. Victor Altamirano, Daniel De Silva. Uh, my thoughts on this, I don't, I don't have a, uh, a big position on this. I, I'm not sure what the line is. Silva plus 175. Altamirano around minus one ninety, minus two hundred range. My problem with Silva is he's he's dynamic and he's very he's very tough uh, in the beginning, but he it doesn't last. You know, it doesn't last. And uh, Altamirano is he's tough. He's tough to get out of there. Hangs around. He's unorthodox. He's I like his volume a lot. Um, you know, I, I don't mind actually at minus one sixty. I don't mind making Altamirano an official pick on my end. Uh, I like it a lot. Silva's good. He's dynamic. I like it. It just doesn't seem to last for him. So I like Altamirano a lot in this fight, and uh, I'm going to be playing this for sure. I get it. Um, I mean, I played. I get it. The line is – I'm seeing the line has dropped now pretty s precipitously. I can even – I can hedge off right now. Another example. Um, I did play uh, De Silva. I feel like, you know, he's 
a really good striker. Um, he's got a really good kicking game. What I really like about him is not a no feeling out process. He gets his range and timing really quickly. Now there are a couple of questions. Um, his chin is up and little up in the air a little bit sometimes. Um, plus his cardio isn't that tested. Uh, Elton Morano is going to put the pressure on him. We haven't seen that. I got I played the silver at plus one seventy five. I'm really willing to live with some question marks when I'm getting plus 175. The line is not really dropped at minus 160. I still wouldn't play Alta Murano. I still think there's, if I could get plus 160, I would still play the Silva. At this point where the line is dropping, at this point where the line is probably around 135, 160 range, it would be a pass for me. But um, I played the Silva um, initially. Uh, next fight, Orichi Lang. Versus Jay Perrin, I'll let you lead off on this one. Hit me with what you got. Arichi Lang has got a lot of things going for him. He hits like a truck. He's got really good forward pressure. But, man, you can't miss on this dude. When you throw at him, you find your target. This guy, he is so hittable. Granted, um, the, those, those numbers are a little skewed. He's got a little bit of that, you know, reliever that gives up five runs, one outing without recording an out. Then his ERA is messed up for the rest of the season, even though he pitched well. Because he was in there with Jeff Molina. I think Jeff Molina hit him with about 368 significant strikes. So that completely skewed those numbers. But with that <laughs> said, um, I'm going to steal a line from James and uh, Bilal Muhammad. To me, Jay Perrin is uh, Jeff Molina on Wish. He's got really crisp hands. He's got good boxing. Um, I feel like he's going to be able to expose reach length deficiency in his defensive deficiencies. Now, there are a couple of things that worry me. Uh, Perrine is, he's, he doesn't get out of the pocket fast enough. Like he'll land his, he doesn't get out of the way. And Arichi Lang's got some really big counters. Plus, strongest dude, he can he's be bullied up against the fence sometimes. But with that being said, I feel there's a ton of value on Perrine. I hammered him plus 155. That's a very big play for me. I feel like Perrine should be a slight favorite or maybe at a pick him. I think, you know, Arichi Lang's biggest weakness, which is his striking defense, is Perrine's biggest positive, which is he's got really crisp bands. He's got good boxing. My man, let's go. Next one, Francisco Figueredo versus Almir Albazi. Uh, Albazi's sitting at minus 510 right now. Uh, that's that's the side That's the side for me. I don't uh, – I know – I think you have a difference in opinion on this one, but – I j it's hard for me. Uh, I think I think the only way that Figueredo wins this fight is by submission, and and the grappling of Amir is is pretty solid. I've I've scouted him quite a bit. He's uh, he's pretty well rounded. So I, it's hard for me to see where Figueredo wins this fight, other than pulling like you know a knee bar or something like he did uh, in his last fight out. So I'm on the Albazi side. I'm not willing to pay minus five ten for it though. Uh, if anything, there's going to be some value on the Figueredo side. I'm just not sure he's going to win this fight or not. Completely, completely agree with you. You touched on it all. Um, Figueredo, when, when I, when I, when you pull up the film on Figueredo in a vacuum, you look at him for 30 seconds. He looks really good. Like he's good technically everywhere. He's really accurate. He's a sniper, as the nickname is. He's really good. Now he's got some flaws, like when you pressure him when you put him on his back foot there's no volume coming from him there's nothing coming from the figurato side when he's being pushed back and albazi can't make it dirty put him up against the fence he's got good dirty boxing maybe he takes him down plus fig he's got the cardio issues but technically in a vacuum i feel like they're close for me this line has moved so much in this spot figurato's now staring at plus 390s out there i played figurato a little bit yeah I, I i had to take a little bit with I feel like there's a little bit of value there. Not a big position, 
but I did play figure eight a little bit. I like it. Uh, next up, Angelusa versus AJ Fletcher. Uh, I actually like Fletcher a ton in this fight. Um, he's sitting at minus 150 or nine right now. Uh, I, I like Fletcher a lot. He's he's young. He's dynamic. He's got good striking, uh, very explosive. But I like the wrestling here. I like the wrestling, and I like the volume. I think uh, Ange is, is his volume is relatively low. Of course, he's dynamic and he's explosive, but I think A.J. Fletcher has more ways to win this fight. And like we've talked about in the past, uh, path to victory is, is, is number one for me. I think he has many more ways to win this fight than, than Lusa does. So I could see A.J. winning by submission, decision, uh, unlikely a knockout, but it's possible for sure. I just I think he's slightly better everywhere, and uh, I, I like him a lot, on, at, especially at this line. I love Fletcher in this spot. Fletcher's grappling is really really good. Like L- L- Lusa is tough to take down. I can see Fletcher peeking out, taking his back, working him, working him. And once Fletcher gets on top, I love his game. His top control is tremendous. Position over submission. He makes sure to keep you down there. The the only thing that he does, which I don't like. And man, I James, you know this. There's nothing I hate more in MMA than this. Is occasionally when a fighter is trying to scramble back up, instead of keeping him down, Fletcher will pull a guillotine. And guys, Fletcher, if you're listening, or if you're any UFC fighter out there or MMA fighter out there, there have been a total of around 200 and change successful guillotines in UFC history. There is no submission. It's the lowest percentage submission out there. It is the most taxing. It drains you the most, and it gives up position completely if you fail. For someone to give up position and go for a guillotine attempt, which is going to work around 2% of the time, maybe you'll get a finish. But if you don't get it, you gave up position, and now you're drained. Don't do it. It does not work unless you're an absolute savage. You, you, you're, you're tremendous at it. It does not – the payoff, the juice is not worth the squeeze, in my opinion, Mr. Fletcher. No guillotine attempts when you have when you're on top, and he's trying to scramble up. Control him. I feel like Fletcher wins his fight in the grappling, unless he gets knocked out. I feel he wins his fight in the striking. Don't do anything stupid. Don't give up position. And this is Fletcher's fight to lose, in my opinion. Uh, next up to bat, Luis Saldana, Sean Woodson. Where's where's my where's my ten racks at? I threw it across the room. Listen. You're on, uh, we talked about this off air. You're on Saldana. I'm on Woodson. I don't think this fight is even going to be, I don't think this fight's even going to be close. I really don't. Uh, I think the only way Saldana wins this fight is if he's able to get the takedowns, which which Woodson is not easy to, to get down. Um, if Saldana stays striking with him, I think it's going to be one-way traffic, Sean Woodson. And I'll even go as far as to bet to take another bet that Sean Woodson doesn't lose a round. I don't think he's going to lose a round here. I, I genuinely, I genuinely don't. Um, I think this is a I think this is a marquee matchup for Sean Woodson to look excellent. I like Saldana. I'm a fan of him. I like watching him. I just think stylistically this is an absolute nightmare matchup for Saldana. I like Woodson a lot. Uh, I think I think highly of him. I've I've worked with him before. His kickboxing is excellent. Switches stances often. Uh, he's shown uh, takedown improvement. I think one of the biggest improvements that he's made is his physicality. He's getting bigger. He's stronger. And I think that's going to pose problems for Saldana, man. I just I struggle to see a path to victory for Saldana that doesn't include him uh, out wrestling him for for 15 minutes. I just don't think he can do that. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Um, I got down on this bet before I spoke with you, and you are scaring me a little bit. Here are my thoughts. I played Saldana plus 300. Here are my thoughts. Um, Woodson is definitely the better fighter. 
He's the better striker. He's long. He's accurate. He's tremendous. Woodson is tremendous. The problem is that I think Woodson has one path to victory, which is, well, two paths. This fight is, I don't think Woodson can get him out of there. Definitely not early. Woodson is either going to cruise to the decision. I disagree. Woodson either cruises to the decision, in my opinion, or Saldana gets tired late and maybe Woodson finishes him. When I'm looking at a fight where the I'm getting three to one value, and I think it's going to decision. I just feel like I feel like the line was a little too high. And Saldana, he has poor fight IQ. He'll do some silly things sometimes, but he does have good tools in his arsenal. He's got good kicks. He there is always the chance that he gets a takedown, or at least holds him up a fence, maybe steals around. I'm looking for a robbery over here. I got hosed by the judges last week. I feel like this fight goes to the decision. Nah. I think it'll be somewhat close. Woodson probably wins this fight, but hey, decisions, we've seen it all the time. I feel like this fight probably goes a distance, and I feel like Saldana, I feel like you are underestimating Saldana's skills a little bit. I can see a close decision where Saldana pulls it out, but let's see. You heard it here first. I don't think Sean Woodson loses a round. This fight's going to be a whole lot of go-go gadget, right arm, left arm. I'm just, I, I feel adamant about this, but... We will see. And I will say this. I'm willing to put my 10 stacks that I won from you last week, and I'll even give you the odds this week. I know we, we went straight up last week. I'll give you the 3-1 to one odds. My 10 stacks wins another three. Deal? We got a deal. Deal. Next up, Leonardo Santos, Jared Gordon. Uh, Gordon sitting at minus 255 right now. I got to be honest with you. Uh, I, I have a little bit of mixed feelings on this fight because Santos has all the makings to – to beat Jared Gordon, right? Like, he does have power in his right hand. He does have an uh, an excellent jiu-jitsu game, like elite-level jiu-jitsu game. However, I just feel like as of late, we haven't seen those tools or we've seen much less of those tools. I think uh, I think his cardio isn't allowing his right hand to be to be a factor anymore. Uh, I, I, it's just th- this guy's got all the horsepower in the world. I just think age is catching up to him, and uh, I, I don't know if he's got what it takes to get Gordon out of there. I, I know he's got the tools, but I think he has to get him out of there in round one to beat him. Uh, other, other than that, I think Gordon's going to volume his way to a decision, and I just uh, Santos does have the tools to win this fight. He does have the right hand to knock Gordon out. He does have the jiu-jitsu to sub Gordon. Uh, I'm not sure about his wrestling to get Gordon down. He hasn't really been uh, a wrestler as of late, but I'm worried that his age, his his inactivity is going to play a factor in his ability to get this fight where it needs to take place at. The numbers, guys, did us a big favor in this fight. Uh, all the Sharps that like stats and numbers, they hammered Santos early in the week. Gordon opened up his minus 300, and they're not wrong because Santos has got a huge reach advantage. And he's much better on the ground. So, and they're getting plus 250. They're like, let's hammer Santos, live dog. Here's a problem with the stats guys and numbers guys. There are some things that numbers and stats don't account for. Number one, the fact that he's longer, that works in Gordon's favor. Gordon's style, he loves getting underneath, down low, and swinging those wild hooks against the longer guys. Gordon's going to close the distance, get in tight, and land these bombs. I feel like the reach is not a disadvantage. I feel like it works in Gordon's favor. Gordon does very well in those kind of fights. Number two, there's no stat for cardio. And Santos gases. And Jared Gordon's got a tank on him. We saw the last fight against Grant Good Dawson. He was the fresher fighter in round three after getting ragdolled. And he put it on Dawson in round three. 
I feel like cardio is going to be a huge advantage for Gordon. He's got the power advantage. He's going to close the distance, come underneath those shots, swing wildly. I can see Gordon getting him out of there. And the Sharps, they really dropped this number for us. Dropped from minus 300 to minus 225. Now I hit it to bounce back a little bit, 245, 250. I still think there's value on Gordon. This is a big position for me. I feel like Jared Gordon gets it done over here. This next fight, interesting. Marcin Tabura versus Alexander Romanov. I, I talked about this on my breakdown show by myself earlier in the week. Listen, Romanov's got all the makings. They're setting him up to be just gold. You know, they're setting him up. They're pushing him hard. But that dude has not fought anybody in the UFC that is any type of uh, stylistic problem for him. Everybody he's fought is is either not in the UFC anymore or doesn't have the style to beat him. Tibura has been in there with some very good guys. And uh, I will say this, the win over Sergey Spivak has kind of... Uh, that's made me question this. In my opinion, I, I do think there's some value on Tiberia here. I really do. I think there's some value on Tiberia uh, money line and maybe even by decision. For sure, there's value on Tiberia uh, over one and a half, right? Like the 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 fight goes over one and a half. Uh, I just I don't man. I, I can't I can't place gold on somebody that that uh, hasn't mined the caves yet you know what I mean like he hasn't went through the caves we haven't seen him we haven't we have not seen Alexander Romanov face really any type of adversity and we saw uh, Juan Espino give him some uh, some problems and Espino is not anywhere near Marcin Tibera so everybody's not allowed an off night I don't put a lot of stock into that but I'm also not going to put a lot of stock into somebody that hasn't went through the ringer yet uh, this guy hasn't went through the ringer yet if he wins if he wins on Saturday against Tibera I'll be a believer at that point as, as always, you know, I always put out pre-fight odds, how I think the, the, the odds should be before this fight. Initially, I had this as 400, meaning plus 400 or better, I'm taking Dog. Minus 400 or better, I'm taking Ramanov. Now, I jumped on the line early on when it was around minus 260, 270. I jumped on Ramanov. And I was hoping, I'll be honest, I was hoping to hedge off once it crossed that 400 mark. And I was waiting. The line was climbing. Line was climbing. And I felt that it would climb. I mean... Ramanov is the most steamed fighter in the UFC. Like, whatever his opening line is, just take it blindly. It's going to steam insane. Like, his numbers, like, he opens 250, closes 500 all the time. Like, the line steams like crazy. I was waiting, was getting there. It was almost a plus 400, and bang. The Sharps sniped me on that line. They stole that line from me. They picked it off, and it dropped right back down to, like, 325. Now I'm stuck with my initial uh, Ramanov position, and... Um, that's where it is. doesn't look like I'll be able to hedge off, so I'm left with my uh, Ramanov position, minus 265, 270, which I'm fine with. I feel like Ramanov should be the favorite. I feel like he will win this fight, but at this price, you want to you know, you wanna take a shot at Tybura. I'm not going to hate on him. Okay, next up is Yanin Wu versus Lucy Pudilova. Um, I'll let you lead off on this one. Tell us what you got. Yeah, I mean, um, Wu comes from a Sanda background. He's... She's got some good striking. She's got some really good kicks. The key for Wu is not to get backed up. She's not great. Um, she has some issues when she gets pressured. Um, she, if she controls center, I feel like she'll be the better striker. And I think she's got the grappling edge too. I'm, I was honestly, I'm surprised that she's the dog. I hit her at plus 125, pretty heavy position. I feel like she should be the slight favorite. Now, with that said, she she can get backed up, and then she'll be in a little bit of trouble. Um, she can fade a little bit on the pressure, but I feel like better striker, better grappler. I got to take that dog money on Woo. Okay, and then let's go to the feature fight of the night. I'm going to get 
I got butchered already on the in the YouTube comments earlier this week for the way I pronounced Marab Duvashvili, Duvashvili versus Jose Aldo. Um, I'll I'll kick this one off. This is for me. This one's tough. I'm I'm gonna lean Marab, but man, it's it's I can't find somebody that's just winning and taking Aldo down. You know what I mean? Like my 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 natural instinct is one to favor Marab, but for whatever reason, I have this voice in the back of my head saying, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And the reason because is I think I've never seen anybody take Aldo down repeatedly. You know what I mean? Like I've never seen him just taken down and, and repeatedly just, you know, wrestle fucked. I've never seen that. And I don't, I don't, he's not an easy guy to take down. And if this fight stays standing, I think Marab's got some serious problems coming. Man, uh, first off, full disclosure, I completely butchered this fight. Aldo opened up as a significant favorite. I actually thought the line would move in Aldo's favor. I thought the public money would come in on Aldo. I was waiting to bet Marab, and the line completely flipped. I ended up, once it went to pick him, you know, went to minus 115. I hammered Marab pretty heavily, but I'm really not happy with the number I got. However, stylistically, I feel like this is a tough matchup for Aldo. Marab might be the best grappler in the division, and what he does really well he's he's got great reactive takedown so he does not let people pressure him it's very tough to pressure Marab because he's so good at timing those takedowns now granted Aldo is as tough to take down as anybody but what Marab can do really well is if he doesn't get the takedowns is hold up Aldo against the fence and maybe all he gets Aldo down Aldo springs back up but we have seen Aldo, even with Volkanovski, for example, Volkanovski held him up against the fence for months. And for whatever reason, I think it's because Aldo is, once, is so conscious of conserving his cardio. He doesn't get off the fence. He doesn't try to turn him. He just stays there and he just will give away rounds that way. I feel like Marab can easily hold him up against the fence if he doesn't get the takedown. Plus, Marab's got some striking. He'll come strike swinging wildly because... He knows he's got the takedown in his back pocket, and he's really good at fitting in off swinging wildly and then getting the clinch. And I feel like the clinch is where the fight is going to be won for Marab. Once again, not happy with the line I got, but I still feel like there's value on Marab. I mean, if I lose one bet, let it be this. I'm a big fan of Aldo. But the younger, fresher fighter, new blood, I think Marab gets it done. Co-main event, Luke Rockhold versus Paula Costa. I'm going to say this. I'm going to leave this short and sweet. I think if Costa doesn't finish Luke Rockhold out. I think if he doesn't knock Luke Rockhold out, I think Luke's going to win this fight. I think Luke is the better fighter. I think he has more ways to win this fight. I think the 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 main question is, is, is can his chin hold up against the power of Costa? And if it can, I think he's going to win this fight at plus 310. I mean, those. I'll be honest. I think, I think he can win this fight. I'm not even talking about odds. I think this is a very winnable fight for him. I think he's got better grappling, better wrestling, and I think he's got better technical striking, too. He doesn't have the power that Costa has, but but man, don't act like people just this is recency bias. Don't act like Rockhold hasn't been in there with the elites. You know, he showed that he can wrestle with uh he showed that he could wrestle with uh Weidman. He showed that he can grapple with Weidman. Weidman at the at this one time was considered one of the best grapplers in the division, you know. He showed he, he could strike with Bisping, who's a volume puncher. I mean, dude, he's 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 been in there with some of the some of the best, you know. And uh, I think if he doesn't get knocked out, I think he's going to win this fight. And and if you followed the show at all, you know I'm not a Luke Rockhold fan at all. But I do think he can win this fight. I think he's going to win this fight if he doesn't get knocked out. Man, I'm so glad you said that. I could not agree with you more. You are so correct. 
Luke Rockhold doesn't lose rounds. Who give me the fighter that has beat Luke Rockhold? The only way Rockhold loses is by getting knocked out. He's got five losses. He's yeah. been touched every time. Luke Rockhold is as good a fighter as there is in this division. I think he's the best. When you watch this fight in a vacuum, I feel like nobody beats him. He's got tremendous kicks. He's got unbelievable grappling. He's got a glass draw, and Costa hits like a truck. I played Costa via KO, and I also t- played some Rockhold plus 300, and I played Rockhold plus 750 to win via decision. I feel like if this does go the distance, I think Rockhold's going to win. Like you said, I feel Rockhold is – I watched you say this, I think, on the breakdown show. Rockhold's going to win every minute of this fight. He's going to be winning the rounds until he doesn't. Now, there's until a good chance not, that yep. he gets knocked out. Absolutely. I think he probably will. But Luke Rockhold is the better fighter, in my opinion. If it goes decision, I think he wins. And I do think there's some value on the dog straight up as well. Uh, uh, main event, Leon Edwards versus uh, Kamar Usman. I'm going to say this, uh, whatever your play is, if you have a play on Usman, I do think that there's value on Leon Edwards by decision. And I got to be honest with you, I, this isn't a, there, there's a, a, a part of me that has technical analysis that thinks Leon has more than a, a puncher's chance to win this fight. But I have a hunch too, for whatever reason, I can't tell you guys why I can't put my finger on it. But for whatever reason, I have a hunch that Leon Edwards is going to find a way to win this fight. I don't know why. I can't tell you why. Obviously, Kamar Usman's the A-side. He's the guy's number one pound-for-pound fighter. I just have a weird feeling about this fight. I don't know what it is. But I do think that there is value on Leon Edwards by decision. I'll give you the – since it's the main event, I'll give you a little bit of where my brain is at on this. if in open in open mat striking, I think the the clear advantage is going to be to to Edwards, right? He's a he's a volume puncher. I think he's the the slicker, more technical striker. If Usman can't get a clean takedown, that's going to put them in the clinch. I don't know if there's a better clinch striker in the welterweight division than Leon Edwards, man. His 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 clinch elbows are brilliant, and he cuts almost everybody he fights with them, and. Uh, if, if Usman can't get a hold of him and, like, over-unders and they're sitting in there in this weird clinch position, Leon is going to look to elbow. And if he lands a clean elbow, I think it's going to force the break and back to open match striking with Usman. I think Usman needs to get clear-cut takedowns to win this fight. Also, I wouldn't be shocked if he landed some type of big power punch to knock out Edwards. Uh, I don't think it's probable, but it is possible. But I, I just I see a lot of different ways that that uh, that Leon can stretch this fight out and cause some drama along the way. I don't see him finishing this fight. Uh, I don't see him knocking Usman out. I you know I, I've I, I don't I don't see it. Uh, I but I could see him causing some drama along the way and pulling out a, a very close upset. I am really confident that this fight is going to be decided by Usman's success wrestling in the open man, like you said. Edwards is going to have the striking advantage. Now, Camaro's striking game has come a, a long, long way under Trevor Whitman. He's gone from, he doesn't strike yes. enough, he doesn't swing wildly in the pocket anymore, which was a problem in the past where he kept getting hurt. He became a distance fighter. And it's, would you, I don't think you would ever guess. I mean, what would you guess? Who has the reach advantage in this fight, Usman or Edwards? I would have guessed Edwards. Usman actually has a two-inch reach advantage. And he's 76, wow. Edward's 74. He's, he works really well behind the jab now. He's a, he fights from range now very well. The problem is that Edwards is the best, what I call, in-and-out fighter in the game. He gets in, lands damage, and he's out of the way before he can counter. 
The only way to counter, the only way to stop that, in my opinion, is for Usman to take him down in the open mat. At least the threat of the open mat takedown will allow Usman to land some hands too as well. If Edwards is getting cocky and feels like Usman is not taking him down the open mat, I feel like Ed, Edwards is going to piece him up. Now, Usman, we haven't seen much open mat wrestling from Usman in years. In a long time. Even going back to the Woodley fight, he had him up against the fence in the clinch. And I think that, like you said, that's going to be a problem against Leon Edwards. If you watch the first fight between Edwards and Usman, even back then, Edwards was stuffing all the takedowns up against the fence. Usman had success with the open mat wrestling. And by the way, mind you, back then, Edwards was turning Usman. He had success in the clinch. Edwards didn't develop, hasn't hadn't developed the elbows yet. I guarantee you, if Usman's putting them up, if they're in the clinch, Edwards is going to find a home for those elbows. I don't feel like Usman's path to victory via the wrestling is going to be up against the fence. I think Usman needs to go back to his bread and butter and go to the open mat wrestling. At least get the respect of Edwards. Because if Edwards is playing that in and out game where bang, he's touching him, he's out of the way from the counters, I don't think Usman is going to be able to hang with him in the striking. With that said, I played Leon Edwards straight up. Plus 330, plenty of value for me. I think there's a really good chance we see the upset in this main event. I think it's going to be a great fight. I'm so excited, but the value is on Edwards. I got to play Edwards over here because I, we haven't seen enough open mat wrestling from Usman in so many years for me to know if it'll yeah. even be successful. And plus, who knows? Maybe Leon's wrestling defense has really, really improved. The only thing I'd say with Edwards is please do not attempt any takedowns. We've seen Edwards actually in his offensive wrestling get a lot better. Nobody's taking Kamara Usman down. We, we saw Gilbert no. Burns getting so deep on the takedown. I was sure he's, someone's finally going to yeah. get him. And Usman just shrugged him off like nothing. You are not going to get him down. You can get reversed and get taken down yourself. Keep it, keep it at range, in and out striking. Hopefully he stops the open mat wrestling. If he does, Edwards is going to win, in my opinion. If he doesn't stop the open mat wrestling, Usman's going to grind out a win. I like it. Well, listen, I'm going to be watching that Sean Woodson five really, really close. So, well, thank you for uh, thank you for coming back on, man. We have a that's a huge show. It's probably it's uh you know we did the recap and we did the the uh, the breakdown. So there's a lot of lot of value in this show for sure. Thank you for coming on again. I know you're on vacation in Switzerland. Beautiful background. I'm hoping to join the the vacation train here real soon. So let's cash these checks, guys. Hope to hope to see you uh, on another profitable week next week. No fights. So that's gonna suck, but we're gonna put out a show anyway. Just uh, we'll probably recap and talk some future stuff anyway. So have a good week, guys. We'll see you guys soon. All right, let's do it. And uh, I guess we'll save the big announcement for next week. Yeah. Yes, we absolutely will. We'll save it. We'll save it for next week.